are listening to the Mystical City of God in a Year podcast. I'm Father Edward Looney, and throughout the year, I'm reading and reflecting upon the four-volume, 2,500-plus page work of Maria Vagrida called The Mystical City of God. If you'd like to get your own four-volume set, I'd encourage you to go over to Tan Books and to find it there on their website and use Podcast 15 at checkout in order to save 15%. And if you'd like to join a discussion group based upon each day's readings, you can go to Facebook and find the group Mystical City of God in a Year podcast group where many people are sharing what has touched them in the day's reading. Today is day 21. We are reading from Volume 1, Book 1, Chapter 12, and we're beginning at Paragraph 164. How, after the human race had been propagated, the clamors of the just for the coming of the Redeemer increased, and likewise sin. In this night of the ancient law, God sent two morning stars as harbingers of the law of grace. The posterity and race of Adam spread out in great numbers, for the just and the unjust were multiplied. Likewise did increase the clamors of the just for the Redeemer, and the transgressions of the wicked and demerit of the benefit. The people of the Most High and the plans for the triumph of the Lord in assuming human nature were already in the last stages of preparation for the advent of the Messiah. The kingdom of sin and the generation of the wicked had now spread its dominion to the utmost limits, and the opportune time for the remedy had arrived. The merits and the crowns of the just had been multiplied. The prophets and the holy fathers in the joy of heavenly enlightenment perceived the approach of the salvation and the presence of the Redeemer. And they increased their clamors, beseeching God to fulfill the prophecies and the promises made to his people. Before the high throne of the divine mercy, they asked God to remember the prolix and somber night of sin, which had lasted since the creation of the first man, and the blindness of idolatry, which had taken hold of all the rest of the human race. When the ancient serpent had infected the whole earth with its poisonous breath, and apparently enjoyed peaceful control over mortals who had become blind to the light of reason and to the precepts contained in the ancient written law, when instead of seeking the true divinity, man set up for themselves many false laws, and each one created a god for himself according to his liking, without considering that the confusion of so many gods was repugnant to all goodness, order, and peace, when by these errors malice, ignorance, and forgetfulness of the true God had become naturalized, when ignorant of its mortal disease and lethargy, the world had grown mute in its prayer for deliverance, when pride reigned supreme and fools had become innumerable, Ecclesiastes 7.15, when Lucifer in his arrogance was about to swallow the pure waters of the Jordan, Job 40.18, when through these injuries God was more and more deeply offended and less and less beholden to man, when his justice had such an excellent cause for annihilating all creation and reducing it to its original nothingness. At this juncture, according to our way of understanding, the Most High directed his attention to the attribute of his mercy, counterbalanced the weight of his incomprehensible justice with the law of clemency, and chose to yield more to his own goodness, to the clamors and faithful services of the just and the prophets of his people, than to his indignation at the wickedness and sins of all the rest of mankind. In this dark night of the ancient law, 
he resolved to give most certain pledges of the day of grace, sending into the world two most bright luminaries to announce the approaching dawn of the Son of Justice, Christ our salvation. These were St. Jochum and Anne, prepared and created by a special decree according to his own heart. St. Jochum had his home, his family, and relations in Nazareth, a town of Galilee. He, always a just and holy man, illumined by a special grace and light from on high, had a knowledge of many mysteries of the holy scriptures and of the olden prophets. In continual and fervent prayer, he asked of God the fulfillment of his promises, and his faith and charity penetrated the heavens. He was a man most humble and pure, leading a most holy and sincere life. Yet he was most grave and earnest, and incomparably modest and honest. The most fortunate Anne had a house in Bethlehem, and was a most chaste, humble, and beautiful maiden. From her childhood she led a most virtuous, holy, and retired life, enjoying great and continual enlightenment and exalted contemplation. Withal, she was most diligent and industrious, thus attaining perfection in both the active and the contemplative life. She had an infused knowledge of the divine scriptures and a profound understanding of its hidden mysteries and sacraments. In the infused virtues of faith, hope, and love, she was unexcelled. Equipped with all these gifts, she continued to pray for the coming of the Messiah. Her prayers were so acceptable to the Lord that to her he could but answer with the words of the spouse, Thou hast wounded my heart with one of the hairs of thy neck. Therefore, without doubt, St. Anne holds a high position among the saints of the Old Testament, who by their merits hastened the coming of the Redeemer. This woman also prayed most fervently that the Almighty deigned to procure for her in matrimony a husband who should help her to observe the ancient law and testament, and to be perfect in the fulfillment of all its precepts. At the moment in which St. Anne thus prayed to the Lord, his providence ordained that St. Jochum made the same petition. Both prayers were presented at the same time before the tribunal of the Holy Trinity, where they were heard and fulfilled. It being then, and there divinely disposed, that Jochum and Anne unite in marriage and become the parents of her, was to be the mother of the incarnate God. In furtherance of this divine decree to the archangel Gabriel was sent to announce it to them both. To St. Anne he appeared in visible form while she was engaged in fervent prayer for the coming of the Savior and the Redeemer of men. When she saw the Holy Prince most beautiful and refulgent, she was disturbed and frightened and yet at the same time interiorly rejoiced and enlightened. The holy maiden prostrated herself in profound humility to reverence the messenger of heaven, but he prevented and encouraged her as being destined to be the ark of the true manna, Mary most holy, mother of the word. For this holy angel had been informed of the sacramental mystery and being sent with this message. The other angels did not yet know of it, as the revelation or illumination had never been given directly from God, but only to Gabriel. Nevertheless, the angel did not then manifest this great sacrament to St. Anne, but he asked her to attend and said to her, The Most High give thee his blessing, servant of God, and be thy salvation. His majesty has heard thy petitions, and he wishes thee to persevere therein, and that thou continue to clamor for the coming of the Redeemer. It is his will that thou accept Jochum as thy spouse, for he is a man of upright heart and acceptable to the Lord. In his company thou wilt be able to persevere in the observance of his law and in his service. 
Continue thy prayers and thy supplication, and be not solicitous for anything else, for the Lord will see them fulfilled. Walk in the straight paths of justice, and let thy souls converse be in heaven, continuing to pray for the Messiah. Be thou joyful in the Lord, who is thy salvation. With these words, the angel disappeared, leaving her enlightened in many mysteries of holy scriptures, and comforted and renewed in spirit. To St. Jochum, the archangel did not appear in a corporeal manner, but he spoke to the man of God in sleep as follows. Jochum, be thou blessed by the right hand of the Most High. Persevere in thy desires and live according to the rectitude and perfection. It is the will of the Almighty that thou receive St. Anne as thy spouse. For her the Lord has visited with his blessing. Take care of her and esteem her as a pledge of the Most High, and give thanks to his majesty because he has given her into thy charge. In consequence of this divine message, St. Jochum immediately asked for the hand of the most chaste Anne, and enjoined obedience to the divine ordainment. They espoused each other. But neither of them manifested to each other the secret of what had happened until several years afterwards, as I will relate in its place, part 1, paragraph 184. The two holy spouses lived in Nazareth, continuing to walk in the justification of the Lord, in rectitude and sincerity, they practiced all virtue in their works, making themselves very acceptable and pleasing to the Most High, and avoiding all blemish in all their doings. The rents and incomes of their estate they divided each year into three parts. The first one they offered to the Temple of Jerusalem for the worship of the Lord. The second they distributed to the poor. And the third they retained for the decent sustenance of themselves and family. God augmented their temporal goods on account of their generosity and charity. This ends our reading today from the Mystical City of God. Today, on day 21, we've been reading from chapter 12, paragraphs 164 through 169. Tomorrow, we'll pick up where we left off at paragraph 170. There were a few powerful lines in today's reading, like always, right? So, at the very beginning of our reading today, we heard this, that Men set up for themselves many false laws, and each one created a god for himself according to his liking. The world had grown mute in its prayer for deliverance. So I think that's a good call to action for us, that we have to examine, again, the word examine our conscience, and just see the different false gods that we have allowed to arise in our life. What has taken the place of God? We might ask, well, do I pray every day? Well, if I neglected to pray today, well, what was so important that I didn't pray today? There are, you know, some speakers. I remember Father Larry Richards. He would always say, no Bible, no breakfast, no Bible, no bed. That you should read your Bible every day before you eat breakfast. That you should read your Bible every day before bed. Well, that's saying, God, I want you to be the first and the last of my day. What's the first thing we typically do these days in our life when we wake up? We reach for our phone and we scroll through social media. But what if instead of making social media a god of our life, we instead knelt down by our bedside or sat in a recliner and there we prayed and made our morning offering and we reflected on the word of God and we had a little moment of devotion? What are the false gods? Sometimes the false god might be our work, that we dedicate so much time to it that it takes away everything else. 
you know, especially what are some false gods on Sundays? What takes us away from Sunday worship? Sometimes it's sports, that we allow other things to take the place of God in our life. Well, stop it. Don't let that happen. Men have set up for themselves many false laws, and each one created a god for himself according to his own liking. Get rid of your own god and worship the true god. Worship Jesus. Worship the Trinity, who is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. What I really enjoyed about today's reading is that we're moving forward right now. That we are learning now more about the Blessed Virgin Mary and her early life. We're hearing about Jochum and Anne. And just something you may or may not know, Jochum and Anne, the names of Mary's parents, come to us from an apocryphal work called the Proto-Evangelium of James. And so this work is from the first centuries, and it gives us the name of Jochum and Anne and other things like that, the selection of Joseph as a spouse, etc. And so uh, it's not a canonical, so it's not a part of the Bible, for example. It's one of these early Christian texts. Now, there are some things in there that the reason why it's not included, for example, in the scriptures was that there were some things in there that were kind of like, uh, I don't know about that. But yet we still recognize the validity of some of the points of it, that we take Jochum and Ann's names from there. Now, we don't know too much about Jochum and Ann, except that they're the parents of Mary, the grandparents of Jesus. According to the Proto-Evangelium James, they were infertile. And so right now, here we are at the very beginning, as we're reading here in chapter 12 of the mystical city of God, and we meet Jochum and Ann, and they're just praying for a spouse. And we see how God hears their prayer and how God unites them in holy matrimony. What a beautiful uh, way in which St. Anne and St. Jochum were described uh, by Venerable Maria of Agreda. Also notice some of the parallels, right? St. Gabriel comes and announces to them. So there's this apparition of Gabriel. It seems like God has chosen Gabriel to be this messenger we know from the Gospels that he goes to, to Mary, presumably to Joseph, even though Joseph's angel isn't named, and then to the shepherds, for example, as well, who receive angelic news. But they, even earlier, St. Gabriel went to Jochman Anne in this biography, in these mystical revelations received by Venerable Maria of Agreda. Now, also notice, too, that Anne has this apparition, if you will, of St. Gabriel, that he comes as a corporeal being, whereas to St. Jochum, it's a voice in a dream. This is paralleling the Gospels, something just beautiful to note. Uh, anyways, I look forward to continuing to learn more about that home life of St. Jochum and Anne. And we're only on, right now, page 146 of Volume 1 of The Conception. That's the volume that we're reading from right now. We have over 600 pages in this, so that means we have a little more than 450 pages left in this book before we move on to the next volume. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm so looking forward to every day being able to read this and share this with you. I'm Father Edward Looney, and I'm reading The Mystical City of God throughout the year. I thank you for joining me today. I hope you'll join me again tomorrow as we learn more about St. Joachim and St. Anne. And may God bless you today, and Mary pray for you.